live from Melbourne. It's no challenges reigning. I'm Ben Rothenberg. Here if we round into our 11th season of no challenges reigning, we have the Australian Open draws are out. There is a tournament tournament actually happening in Australia, although it does really feel like a two-week saga is ending on a Sunday to find out if Novak Djokovic is going to win or lose. So it kind of does feel like we already did a whole slam in a lot of ways down here. But we have two slam draws to talk about. 255 other players not gotten much ink lately, so we're going to talk about them. And oh my gosh, look who I found, you guys. It's Courtney Nguyen. Hey, Ben. Good to see you. Good to see you too, Benji. How are you? Happy Good. New Year. Happy New Year. Been a while. Loving, loving, loving you back. I love that, like, basically, like, it's just podcast palooza. Mm-hmm. Like, NCR podcast dropped. I'm supposed to have a Champs Corner drop in. And then now I'm like, everybody's like, no, it was it was actually really fine when you were not doing any podcasts for months. <laughs> no, the I'm sure that you. I'm sure we're going to get the iTunes reviews and I apologize in advance. <laughs> but here I am. If you like NCR, please leave nice and uh, iTunes reviews. We don't say that very much. And so we just get mean ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's a very good point. Yeah. Like a little bit of New Year's love would be nice. Yeah. You, know, you want to leave as a treat. A, yeah, as, as we have start our 30th, uh, not 30th, God, I was looking at 30th season. Good Lord, man. 11th, 11th seed. Uh, not 11th seed, 11th year. I'm tired. It's been a very long two weeks. We got a lot of stuff to go through on these draws. Let's see how we do. Uh, let's start with the women because they have been overshadowed this week for aforementioned reasons. Ashley Barty, number one seed. Good player. Just won Adelaide first week of the year. Uh, singles and doubles. And then pulled out of Sydney to give herself more rest. Uh, she very much seems like she's like ready to peak at this moment. She's got some good swag. There was there was some dis- distinct Ash swag, and I was in her press today. Um, we're the only person asking questions actually in the room while the rest were virtual. But uh, yeah, but, but Barty looks ready ready to party. And I gotta say, I think her first week draw is good. And then and then obviously there's the big blockbuster. But what do you make of of Ash uh, coming to this tournament, Courtney? Yeah, I think that she looked incredibly good in Adelaide. I did not expect for her to look that sharp. Um, not that I didn't expect her to win, but I didn't. She she was amazing. I mean, like after uh, being down a set and a break to Coco Goff in her first match, basically didn't lose serve for the rest of the the the, the tournament. Thirty five consecutive service holds, uh, wasn't broken in three consecutive matches. Only only faced two break points for the remainder of the tournament. After the Goff match, it was it was pretty nuts. Um, and getting good wins, especially back to back against uh, Sviantec and Rybakina, who played great. Both of them played great and they got routined mm-hmm. by, by Ash Barty and Adelaide. That was pretty stunning. Um, and I have to credit this um, observation to, to Alex McPherson, um, who who pointed out, you know, that he was very heartened or I guess he's more encouraged for Barty's chances at Melbourne Park because she pulled out of Sydney. That, you know, like when you are a hometown player, especially Ash in Australia, you play every single week, right? I mean, this is your Aussie summer. You play every tournament that you're that you can play. Yeah. Um and in this and normally Ash does that. She she always gets to Melbourne Park quite late because she plays that that week right in, right before, whether it was Adelaide or Sydney. And this time she opted out. And she didn't opt out because citing an injury, she didn't opt out. She opted out. Official reason was change of schedule. And this was Ash Barty putting herself first. This was this was her saying, like, I get it. Like, I'm kind of supposed to jump through all the hoops and do the whole Aussie summer thing. 
but for me to do what actually you guys want me to do, which is win the Australian Open, like this is what I'm doing. And just, that was feels, different. It feels more killer instinct than usual. Yes. Scheduling wise yeah. for her. And targeted. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I think that that especially now having pocketed Wimbledon, having, you know, been year at number one, three consecutive years, I think she's going to be like fifth on the all-time list of consecutive weeks at number one by the end of the Australian Open, mm, wow. um, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. I mean, the players ahead of her are Steffi, who have streaks that are longer than hers, are like Steffi, um, uh, Serena, Martina, and Chris. <laughs> and then it's Ash. I will acknowledge That's there was wild. some weirdness in her streak. Of but course. Yes. yes. 100%. 100%. But it's still it's still pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. But um, But yeah, she looks great. She looks relaxed. She looks really fit. I mean, physically, she looks she looks more defined than she did all of last season. And yeah, I agree. First week should be all right. I mean, Serenko's not ideal uh, qualifier to draw in 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 the first round. But As a qualifier, but I don't think anybody overall to. Yeah. No, I mean th this should be this should be fine for for Barty. And then yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, pretty much everybody, other than like Belinda Bencic or Anisimova or Yastremska. Is root is like wanting to see Osaka Barty round of sixteen. I think you're like even even Brengel's probably rooting for that. Yeah. So so <laughs> hey, the Maddie Brengel likes to pour herself a Shiraz and soak let's, it all in. Let's actually pause on that moment because the Brengel first round match against Yastremska immediately cracks me up. Throwback to a great time at the 2020 U.S. Open. I completely forgot that that a, match was that match. Yeah, a sleeper hit of a match. Anyone who watched <laughs> it, it loved match. it. It was so good. And it was the match where famously Madison Brengel won very routinely, actually, just dismantling uh, Diana Yastrzemska and then went into stands with her buddy Irina Rodionova. And Ch what was it? Was it Sutter's Creek? What's it was the, Sutter, what's the? Sutter, Sutter, Sutter Home. home. Sutter home. Sutter yeah, home. Sutter Home. Chugged a bottle of Sutter Home courtside. Uh, um, wonderful times. Which I'm, I'm not entirely sure that's okay to do, but it was done. And it was very amusing. As the kids say... She understood the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie Brangle, Maddie Brangle always does. She always does. Let's be real. Madison Brangle always understands the assignment. She always brings the pitch perfect energy to whatever moment. So obviously what we're alluding to in this section is this possibility to cut circles right away. Mid-draw ceremony was already like, oh, wow. Possibility fourth round Naomi Osaka against Ash Barty. Defending champion against number one. Pretty much the two best players of their, this kind of last few years really have not played each other very much at all. And it's a rivalry we desperately want to see consummated and to actually play each other more. Um, so it's very exciting there. But there's some interesting sort of... It's not a Rube guaranteed Go match. Rube goldberg you have to do in Osaka's exactly. section of the match, of the, of, the, of the draw. Because I think Osaka would beat relatively comfortably everybody except for... Benchich, obviously, who dominates her, or relatively has her is is kind of a weird pigeon relationship. Um, it's a three and zero. It's three and zero yeah. on tour, mm -hmm. and some big yeah, tournaments uh, too. Indian Wells, big US tournaments, Open. big Madrid losses. Was yeah, yeah. Uh, and Madrid was like the closest one. It went three sets, but otherwise, yeah, Benchich is really routine at U.S. Open, um, and yeah, but, that that's that's why it's a, it's a tricky it's a tricky section to. But I think Anisimova can beat Benchich. So that's like the kind of thing, like it's an, it's a lot of if-thens in this situation. Mm -hmm. And I also think that Osaka is not incapable of beating Benchic. Like I think that Os I, if, if they play each other, I was really, really impressed with Osaka on court and off in her first week of the year in Melbourne. Um, 
and she seems to be a really good place. She looks really fit. She looks like she's playing well. Um, I don't think the injury was that serious that she pulled that with by all appearances. Um, so I think that she's in, in yeah, pretty pretty good shape in a lot of ways, and could be. And I don't think Benchich is especially peak Benchich right now. So no, she's she started. She's definitely started a little slow. I think that her loss to Bedosa in three sets in Adelaide was a bit of a surprising result to me. And I was, I just talked to Bedosa a couple of hours ago and Bedosa also circled that match because she was like, we played on court one, which is even faster than the center court. Mm. And she's like, and I'm playing Belinda. And it, cause I asked her like what match like unlocked your tournament. And she's like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, that match. Because for me to beat Belinda Bencic on a quick court, a quick hard court, like that was when I realized that like, I know how to play on a fast, hard court. Um, so that was quite a, a significant result, but, uh, but yeah, so, but Benchich goes in a little bit, a little bit soft on matches, um, and maybe not peak, but by the time she plays her in the third round, she could be, especially if she beats an Anisimova, you know, in that second round, but, um, Anisimova, we haven't Anisimova, mentioned one, one Melbourne, the first Yeah, week, Anisimova yeah. looked good. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was... It rem- you know, it's been a while since you've watched it. Well, not not a while, actually. U.S. Open last year, Pliskova. That was an incredible match. But, like, it's been a... But the way that Anisimova played that tournament, that was, like, peak Amanda. Of just, like, how are you supposed to beat somebody if they can do that with a tennis ball? Mm-hmm. Just, like, see it, whack it, incredible angles, solid on both sides. It was impressive. Getting Darren Cahill in your corner, too. Like, yeah. there's just a lot of, like... It's like Anis- Buy Anisimova stock right now is basically yeah. is, is, is the thing. So that's more kind of kind of yeah. Go ahead. But I think that Belinda Benchich, like my reading of that tops that top section, really goes by Belinda. So Belinda's progress through that section, I think, like determines what happens in that section. Um, obviously, but I <laughs> that was a bit of a tautology. But I think that if she beats Anisimova and she gets through, you know, to play Osaka, I think that's a tricky one. I agree with you that that Naomi's playing really well. Um, and then, you know, Barty Benchich, it's not like a slam dunk one way or the other. No. Um, so, yeah. It, Barty Osaka, we didn't really talk about that as a possibility, too. But that's like, that's an interesting match. Like I, I want it. I want I it. Wanna it. I, I want to see it. I want to see it. We're due. We're due. We need more of these. Those two and like Andrescu need to play each other. It needs to be a thing. Let's move on to the next section because we got 15 more weeks to go between the draws. That <laughs> Sorry, is, I guys. think, the most, literally the most it's, interesting part of either draw. It's the group draw. of death. It's, it's the, the best. It's the best part. So it's good to spend time on it. Um, but the next section, the second uh, part of the Barty quarter, is uh, Maria Sakari. who's all the way at number five. There's some people in this draw, but she's actually weirdly for me the one most. I was like, wow, you're up all the way up at five. Like, good for you, Maria Sakari. Like, you, you go. Um, you really, you really snoozed at the end of the season, I bet. <laughs> no, no, no. I know. I mean, I know that she was obviously a Guadalajara player and that I she know, was I in know. there. But like, <laughs> something about the five that she's like top five seed is still just like that's. Because it kind of, you know, because... Well, it's a funny thing where, yeah. like, because if Pliskova was here, then okay. so- Sakari would be sixth. Sure. Which seems maybe more right yeah. than five. Just, I right? feel like she's a it's six just... or a seven in my head, and then she's a five on paper, sure. and I'm like, whoa. It's <laughs> just fair, not that big a deal. Angebur, number nine, also in here. This is a much more straightforward section, I feel like, largely. Sakari starts against uh, Tatiana Maria. And then gets the and then a tough second round actually against either uh, Zhang Qingwen who is uh, doing well, um, surging or uh, uh, hipster uh, pick Alexandra Saznovich, another hipster pick. So kind of a very hipstery first match there. Saznovich Zhang, you want some hipster? Craig go out to court sixteen or wherever they put that. Uh, Kudermatova in there as a seed. 
yeah, but I think this is Sakari and, and Jabur. I Pagula had a rough start to the year, had a did not had a not good loss first week as top seed in one of the Melbournes to Begu. Um and in the Battle of the Egus, it was uh Begu who beat Begu. Terrible. She also um, lost to um, Caroline Garcia first round in yeah. Sydney. So she's 0-2 um, going into the tournament, Jesse. Yeah, no, It on paper, it looks like it would be Ons and Sakari. Both of them do have question marks. Ons played great um, until she had to retire um, in Sydney, beat K- Kvitova, played a great match, and then just her lower back kind of seized up. And she said she's not 100% quite yet. She is recovering from COVID and, and, and what all of that kind of entails. So is she fit enough to do this? You know, uh, I don't know, but having obviously the day off will be good. But um, Sakari didn't look or sound very confident in um, Adelaide 1, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the 500 last week. And so I'm a little bit concerned there and then and then decided to kind of just like, you know, not play Sydney, I think, and then go straight to Melbourne to practice. So a few question marks with respect to her to her confidence. But yeah, first round, she should she should be able to take care of Tatiana Maria pretty, pretty well. But second round, Sasnovich in particular looked really, really good um, in the Mel- in the Melbourne, uh, too. So, yeah, we'll see. A phrase that would have sounded crazy a year ago, the Barbara Krejcikova quarter of this Grand Slam draw, uh, number four, Krejcikova. Again, it's, just, it's very cool. And I, actually, that was one of my favorite results of the week, of, of the lead-up on the women's side, for sure, is that Krejcikova and Bedosa both made this uh, final of Sydney, especially yep. Krejcikova, honestly, because her win in Paris really came out of nowhere. And for her to be do, backing it up in a new year, starting strong um, on a hard court, uh, it's just encouraging and cool to see. And I actually really like her draw. I think her draw yeah. is is really good. Uh, starts against Pekovic, who actually played decently well in in, in Melbourne. She um, she played uh, Osaka, uh, the tough set in the second set against Osaka in the quarters of Melbourne there. But I, I like this path for Krejcikova. She would get uh, Kuzmova or uh, Lefty in the second round and then gets uh, potentially Ostapenko or Allison Risk, who's, who's suddenly trending up, which is good to see, uh, making a final in Adelaide. And then maybe Azarenka or Svitolina. I haven't seen much of Azarenka. Uh, I haven't seen her this year. I, I know she played Adelaide, I believe. Yeah, she but I like good. The, but I like this. I like this for 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 Krejcikova, who just seems to be like really turn for someone who's sort of new on the job as a singles player, like really business like and just sort of like takes care of business, wins matches she should win, pretty reliably. Um, and after maybe a little bit of a of a of a dip, uh, you know, post U.S. Open last year, uh, when going on three in Guadalajara, for example, like she's. She looked sharp, and so I, I I like her chances of making it really to you know to maybe a rematch of the of the Sydney final in the quarters against Bedosa potentially to skip a bit ahead. Yeah, no, I I'm so much more uh, bullish on Kachikova and and Bedosa after after seeing how they played, not just the result, but just how they played in Sydney. Um, I just I'm very impressed by both of them. Very impressed that they picked up right where they left off and and looked to be very quickly setting aside any doubts that they can't do it again this year. And if not, if not do better. And, you know, I would put Contivate in that category as mm-hmm. well. Sviantec and, and how well she played in Adelaide, obviously Ash. But there's a lot of top players, top 10 players, who really in the first two weeks of the season really proved that, like, they're ready to go right out of the gate. And, and there's one glaring 
omission to that top 10 list that does not look ready to go. But Who is? Yeah. Arena Sabalenka. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That just it, it, I think there's some some concern there about about her form going into this tournament, but which is unfortunate, obviously, because she's performed so well at the, at the last two majors and obviously on hard courts should do uh-huh. well and played great here last year, but seems to have have got a bit of the yips on the serve and we'll get to her. We'll get to her. But like, I know big old I can't remember the yeah. stat, but it's something like 70, 70 something double faults over her last four matches, which is quite high. So that's just that's just stats, as as Christina Mladenovich would say. So, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, there's still some 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 definitely impressive floaters in here. Again, I was impressed by Azarenka in Adelaide. One, uh, she she played great, nearly beat um, Shviantek, handed Shviantek her first set loss in Adelaide, uh, but then pulled up a little bit, had a few physical issues towards the end there, and Shviantek mm-hmm. won. But it was it was it was confident. But she beat Bedosa there. Uh, Coco Goff, like legit. I'm. Well, gen- she's in the next I'm... section. She's in the next section. We'll oh, we're not that. doing quarter. Sorry, I was thinking whole quarter. Okay, okay no, 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 that's fine. So let, let's get let, let's move there because I'm ready to move there. So it's the next the next sort of eighth of the draw is the Bedosa eighth. Bedosa eight, really interesting sort of. And then we'll, we'll okay, we'll get to Bedosa. I think Bedosa actually is really clean to the to the to the fourth round. I think her toughest I, match playing Isla on home soil. I was, saying, I was is your toughest not... match is her first one against Isla. Yeah, who I think yeah. is, is is turning up in confidence. Had a, a rough loss to, to Halep um at in melbourne year. park last year and i think maybe hopefully you know extra you can learn learn from from that and her wimbledon quarterfinal run maybe unlock some confidence um anyway they just they the, just played last week in 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 sydney and i yeah. think isla was up a break in both sets lost straight in straights but um yeah that's it's it's a tough one but if if if, if paula gets through that it seems pretty smooth sailing so then there's this then there's this part of the draw that has three very intriguing americans in it Kennan, 2020 Australian Open champion, um, people forget that, um, is the uh, 11 seed here. Coco Goff is the 18 seed. So those are the two seeds. Um, and then Madison Keys is unseeded and ranked in, in the 80s um, uh, before winning the title today in Adelaide. Um, she will move up, obviously, but she's still in the realm of the unseeded after a dip. And you talk to her in, in Adelaide, and she seems to be in a good headspace and a good tennis space, obviously, winning... Winning that tournament, and that's just like this is one of the very few. It was one of the immediate circle matches for me, even before honestly, even before even Keith before, really yeah. hit her, her stride, and now even more so. Um, it almost maybe even swings the pendulum a little bit to less interesting if like Keith is just going to roll. But um, Keith's Kennan first round is a interesting one. It was good to see Kennan have some who hadn't played since Wimbledon have some uh, some decent form uh, in in Adelaide, winning a couple matches and playing Barty okay. But like, still like weirdly like going too fast. Like there was this like rushing thing she was doing where she just was like, things weren't going her way, and she seemed to just be like sort of just like pushing on, which is the extreme version of she did at Wimbledon when she lost to aforementioned Brengel very quickly. Um, but just she didn't seem to have like her sort of match sense quite yet. But the tennis mm. itself was good, and yeah, so no. match management bad, tennis good. Yeah, I mean it was interesting. I mean I talked to to Sonia. Um, in Adelaide and, you know, uh, it's first couple of weeks of the season and, and, you know, you're just kind of grabbing as many players as you possibly can to just chat and be like, Hey, how's it going? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and get a sense as to where their head's at. And it was interesting with Sonia. Cause I, I think I asked her straight up, you know, cause she was like, Oh, I just want to enjoy and things like that. And I was like, can you divorce enjoyment from results? 
because I was like, if results don't come and most players, especially at the start of the season, because everybody is in a pretty positive headspace, mm -hmm. are saying all the right things. You know, we talk about Maddie yep. and how she's talking about, you know, obviously divorcing her results from from her general well-being and yep. happiness. And vibes. Co vibes, vibes all the time. Coco Goff as well. I asked her straight up. I was like, you know, you're going to be the highest ranked teenager after this tournament in Adelaide. And, um, you know, can you step back? And yeah, she's she leaves ahead of Raducanu. Yep. Um and uh, but I asked her, can you step back and recognize you're the youngest player in the top 200 and you are the, the, the highest ranked teenager? Like, can you step back and recognize like what you're doing is incredible? And she was like, yeah, like I'm trying to like, you know, like I'm yeah. trying to be easier. So a lot of players are like, I'm trying to be easier on myself and trying to be kinder to myself, all that. Sonia did not say that. <laughs> Sonia was like, no, I think I got to win. <laughs> it's like, OK, Um I hope that works out, but um, because only because it's going to take some while, like you said, match management, uh, uh, how do she handles things under pressure, general just form and rhythm and getting back into it. And, mm -hmm. you know, when Sonia was at her best, she there was a swagger there. There was that strut and there was that belief. And, you know, so so we'll see. I mean, I, I still think that that's a bit of a toss up match because Maddie does have to turn around um, and play uh, on Monday. And she did have a very physical week in Adelaide, but it was great to hear her f sound so positive and have a very balanced perspective. And, and, and she said it herself, she'll have her bad days and in six months remind her that this is what her mindset was supposed to be mm -hmm. um, if things start going bad. But not just mindset, though, but but Keys is playing better. She's playing smarter. She said that that she went back and, and kind of realized that you know, when she plays her best tennis, it's when she has shape on the ball on both the serve and the forehand and the backhand. And so and getting to the net and volleying. And she's like trying to go back to that and not just blast her way out of trouble. So if that's the case, then, then that's great. And that's great to hear. But but she's going to have to adjust quite quickly to the courts um, and the conditions and all that. So, you know, there, there's some variables there. Yeah, I was going to say Coco Golf. This is her last tournament as a minor. Uh, Grand Slam is a minor because she turns 18 oh, okay. in March. And it just, again, this is her third Australian Open. She's been around a while and we just like lose track of how remarkable it is that this 17 year old is seated 18th. And just, yeah, people are sleeping on her. And it's a little, it's frustrating that like she doesn't, that her sort of, her trajectory started so, so steep right off the jump at Wimbledon 2019 um, with that, with that win. And like it's, it, this this the trajectory the slope of this line hasn't been quite as steep before. People are sort of not as excited about seeing this rocket ship, but she still is very much in a pretty incredible orbit uh, that she's occupying. So good on her. Uh, bottom half of the draw. Let's start with uh, the Contivate uh, eighth of the draw. Contivate opens against Siniakova, uh, then Claire Tossin or, or Asha Sharma. Uh, Daniel Collins is the other seed in this part of the draw. And then uh, Rabakina, open, who opens against fellow uh, Kazakh, is down here at 12. That's, that's the other part of this eighth. Elisa Mertens, um, always always solid in there. Uh, yeah, uh, this is... I'm not totally sure what the takeaway is. I will say I watched Rabakina play Raducanu, and that was clinical. Um, obviously, Raducanu is very undercooked right now with and having had COVID, and there's not a lot of prep. Um, she pulled out of first week of the year, and that was pretty apparent when watching her, and then she said it as well. Um, but Rabakina looks really good and I, I'm excited for her to look really good because 
because it's uh, she was the player I've said this several times who I feel like was most interrupted by the the pandemic shutdown. She had the she was really doing big things first part of 2020, stalled understandably after the pandemic and hasn't recaptured that. So I'd like to see her pick up you know where she left off then. And also, I just really like your your nickname for her, Courtney. So I want I want, there to be, I, want I want yeah I want people to, I want there to be Reba memes. I want Reba gifts. I want Reba to be a thing. Oh my god, there there needs to be Reba gifts. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I call it. I just, I always have. I just, I just started calling her Reba. When you said it, I was like, that's so, so obvious, but yet I hadn't <laughs> thought of it. So in a good way. Um, it's also a nice reminder that it's not like. Um, Rybakina. Yeah. Like it was yeah. just, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. No, Reba looks great. Um, she's definitely for me, like if I were to write like the Dark Horses uh, post she would be in there cultivate would be in there Bedosa would be in there to the extent that the number four seed could be considered a dark horse but like Krachikova because I don't think people are necessarily talking about her I think mm-hmm. those are like my four like um kind of top line uh dark horses and so yeah two of them are here with with Contivate and and Rebekina I one name to circle or a couple names additionally that that you didn't mention to circle here that are in that Contivate Collins section are on a Kanyu and uh, Shelby Rogers, both mm-hmm. of whom have the ability to break play that wide open, yeah. and they play each other first. I think that's definitely a, a first round match to to, to circle. Uh, but again, like Contivate, I was just un- absurdly impressed by her level in um, in Adelaide. Like I, I didn't expect that. I, not just again, it's not about the result. She made the semifinal. Obviously, had seven match points on Krachikova. But if you watched her play. Like, it's as though she just never put down the racket mm-hmm. from how she finished the season. And it took, I mean, that match against Kachikova was decided by inches, honestly. And she had every right to win that match. But yeah, she she looks as relaxed. She was laughing during that epic tie break. Um, at times, she's just like super relaxed and chill. She joined and Twitter she's just, and she's good she at it. She joined Twitter. She's joking. She's laughing. Everybody loves Annette. Um, so which is great. So it's just again vibes like co- team cultivate good good vibes, and she's just going out there and just playing. So I really like her coming through all this and 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 potentially facing Rabakina in the fourth round. I think that's a great match. I would love to see that match as well, because again I think Reba's playing great and she played great against Ash in that Adelaide final and Ash routined her yeah. and Reba played great. So that but but. That's a statement on both. Like she's looking super sharp, super fit. So yeah, excited for for what twenty twenty two holds for our country music superstar. Um, Reba, Garbina Muguruza <laughs> uh, comes comes uh, in as the number three seed in this quarter. It opens against Clara Burrell, uh, and gets Cornet, Shadanchik. Uh, pretty good draw for for Muguruza, I would say. Uh, and then possible fourth round against either Halep or Raducanu is the other seed in there at seventeen. Uh, Sloane Stevens also is in here as the, this is a really interesting sort of like circle, but caveat first round match between Stevens and Raducanu, who obviously are both recent U.S. Open champions, but there's not really reason to think either of them is playing that great at this moment. Sloane, we don't know because Sloane hasn't, hasn't played a warm tournament. She just got married uh, first day of the year, Mazel Tov. Uh, so short turnaround for her, certainly. Raducanu won one game in her match against uh, Rubakina. It's her first Grand Slam since playing since winning the U.S. Open, so that'll add some different sort of stress. So, like, I'm interested, and it's like on paper great, and I will watch this. I just don't know, like, if it's going to be good necessarily by standards of of uh, circleable matches. 
So, um, yeah, but I'm excited for Halep. I think Halep is, is one to watch here, and I expect a Halep Mooger as a fourth round, and I expect it to be a nifty good time. Yes. No, I'm always excited when Simona and Garby play. I just think it's it's a really interesting, like, it's a contrast of styles, but they're actually, like, close enough in style because Garby can run mm-hmm. and, and Halep does try to be aggressive, that there is just enough overlap to where it's not completely, like, Halep dropping back eight feet behind the baseline and just trying to, you know, retrieve and things like that. So it's an interesting one. Yeah, like, that... You know, outside of Osaka, Barty, that's the the fourth rounder that that you circle when the draw comes out that you hope happens just because I would like to see it. Speaking of, I don't know, I was just thinking of, of Halep, uh, Australia memories as you were talking there. And the red dress, I don't think it's in the Hall of Fame yet and needs to be. Putting that out there. Reminder. Truly iconic. Yeah, Absolutely. Truly iconic. iconic. And and her and her week in um not necessarily the whole week, but a little bit the week that she had you know, en route to the title in Melbourne last week was reminiscent of that. That match against Golubich was giving me hella 2018 vibes. 18, <laughs> 17, 18? 19. 18. Eight, right? It was the year that Wozniacki won. So that's 18, 18, you're right. Yeah. 18, yeah. But just like, just, she was at times playing crap, but, and yelling and being mad, but then just dug her heels in and just started being absurdly physical mm-hmm. in how she was playing points and it was it was fun and it's just you know it was great to 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 get Simona back on the board because she was pulled off the board in 2021 not because she was a crappy tennis player because yeah. she busted her leg you know and um on a fluke injury so yeah um i think that that you know if you look at the first week of the season or first two weeks of the season and you're like okay so all the players of the top 10 last year are playing great pretty much. And then on top of that, a bunch of players who dropped out for whatever reason are also playing great. Mm-hmm. So Simona, Anisimova, Maddie, you know, that sort of thing. And then you still have like the that group that's like pushing forward like the Coco Goffs and whatever, like, you know, also playing great. It's it's I I I feel it in my bones. This is going to be a good 2022 WTA season. I I I really feel it. I'm really excited for this tournament to start and actually be able to focus on tennis in many ways. And so, yeah. especially the women who I just like feel like are, are ready and, and deliver in and it's going to be good stuff. This bottom quarter of the draw. Uh, the first eighth we're going to talk about is the Iga Svantec eighth. Uh, she's the number seven seed in the draw. That Again, it feels like they're about the right number. I'd be like, if she and Sakari traded numbers, I'd be comfortable with that. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, but obviously Fair. rankings are what they are. Uh, seven Svantec uh, opens against Harriet Dart and then, uh, Daria uh, Savile. How long do I have to keep saying Garvalova? Because <laughs> everyone's every time she does anything, the Garvalova in parentheses is there. Uh, we'll give it a call, at least the Aussie summer, and then we can maybe retire it. Yeah, I guess I've I've moved on. Like I'm okay. I'm fine. I've, I've moved on too. I've, I'm just, I've ref- I'm just, no, but I just I I can I can already reflexively call her Daria Savile. Yeah, probably because she and Luke have been together forever, For so, so long, it's like easy. Yeah. Like yeah. the name just po- you're like okay, so um. And and congrats to Daria, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, and then Kasatkin yeah, no. is in here too. Uh, the actually the biggest like double take for me in terms of like that number next to that name is Petra Kvitova having a twenty next to her name. Uh, yeah, that wild, feels though. that just seeing her in that kind of that strata of the draw is just weird. And she opens against Kirstea in kind of a, a throwback match uh, for people, and then Pavlyuchenkova is in this section too. Also, big shout out to Sammy Stos who is playing her final singles tournament here 
She's announced uh, a little over 10 years after winning the U.S. Open. She is hanging out the singles racket. Still could play some dubs with uh, Zhang Shuai. Still, I think, sorting that out, figuring out what she wants to do with that. Uh, she gets a really good first-round draw against Robin Anderson, who's playing well enough to win the uh, – is a former UCLA player, playing well enough to win uh, the U.S. wild card, which is done by performance at ITF tournaments in the fall – or tournaments in the fall, I should say. Um, Kozlov won the men's one. And, yes, I think it's a good chance for Sosa, who actually looked – I was really heartened by how she looked in, in Melbourne. Uh, the first mm. week she played uh, Lin Zhu and uh, or Zhu Lin, and and she looked good. And uh, and like it was it was like a six and six kind of match roughly. It was like it was competitive. Sammy looked happy out there. She's being coached by Renee here, and like they're having just like the vibes are good. Like the headspace seems good, and I hope that she gets uh, a great send off here at Melbourne Park this week. Yeah, it would be it would be great. I mean, uh, she said today in her press conference that she practiced with Iga, and she was like. I feel like I'm playing pretty okay out she, here. She you know, was so. good. She, I'm telling yeah, you, she, she was, was not. She was good. She was good. Yeah. Because she was not good it. last year, is what I will say. There are times last year where I was like, Ugh. and this, so I was like, this could be bad. This like January for her, and, but it wasn't. Yeah. I was heartened. I was like, okay, you're actually ready to, to, to do yourself justice because you were yep. a friggin' good player. Yep, hundred percent. How crazy uh, would it be just throwing this out there into the universe? Mm-hmm. Because this is what we do now. How? amazing would it be narratively if like samantha Sozer's final singles tournament is also the tournament that ash barty wins i mean that's fine i thought you were gonna say that sam wins. (laughs) no i i'm I'm just saying like in in the universe of like you know barty the way that she Mm -hmm. won wimbledon with the connection to yvonne it would be kind of it would just be kind of an amazing moment just you know it would just be cool i don't know Throwback to the 2019 French Open, where she became the first Aussie woman to win that tournament uh, since Margaret Court. And every time Margaret Court got mentioned, Barty went out of her way to say how great Sam Sosser was. (laughs) It was, it was, it was so funny. Ash Ash Barty makes choices. Yes. Ash Barty is the most deliberate press speaker. Yes. Really. So you can, you can really like, yeah, she, she, she has her thoughts. They're very, she's very, yeah careful and decisive in what she says and that was that was a choice <laughs> um uh, uh i think is actually a, a pretty big favorite to make it uh quarters here um she's you know a uh, good player and I, I i don't hate any of these matchups for her um petra obviously a bit of a wild card pavichenkova can run hot and cold but i like i i think Iga's is a, a pretty clear favorite in every match she would play in this in this section um so i like her chances um and then her chances to go even further are not bad because the player we alluded to earlier, Arena Sabalenka, who's been struggling, is the uh, last remaining seed in this quarter. Number two opens against Storm Standards and then could play uh, Righty or Ann Lee in the second round. I I like Ann Lee's chances of, of, of winning that match if, if form holds for both of them. I think Sabalenka will be okay against Storm Standards, I would think, but I... I, I maybe we'll see if the crowd gets into that match and like maybe it could be something but Ann Lee is just good tennis player and I I I, I yeah Ann Lee is, is sort of my my thought for that to potentially even make like maybe fourth round pretty comfortably yeah. friendly I and and again Sabalenka can get it together and Sabalenka is a more accomplished player and a more experienced player than an Ann Lee and so that will not be she will not go quietly literally figuratively, <laughs> um but uh but yeah uh and then the other section of this draw has is, is really kind of fun uh talk about your hipster picks in here um fernandez kerber could have a rematch of their really fun uh us open match in the third round 
Now those are the two seeds, and then some some fun qualifiers in in Rebecca Marino, um, Haley Baptiste uh, making it through to the, to the main draw, which is fun to see. Kanepi <laughs> and you're in Yemen. Always, like there's, there's, there's just in, it's very you're in Yemen uh, <laughs> energy Kenepi. whenever Kaya's there. <laughs> Former Wolverine Amina Bechtis is also a qualifier in the lower part of the Australia, so I think it's her first slam main trial, so good for her. I don't this could go this is this section's up to Sabalenka. Uh, and and if she gets it together, she can certainly make fourth round and can beat even a good Kerber. Kerber I guess Kerber's also up to Kerber too. I mean, because Kerber obviously runs runs hot and cold and I forget if she's good in the odd years, the even years. I don't know if we're like what the moon cycle is for Kerber now that we're like hitting like a good Kerber or bad. Well, like I, mean, kind of, I feel like Kerber's all or nothing. That's what I mean to say about Kerber. Like either like, oh, she's here or she's not. Yeah. And and she is also coming off of a, a COVID diagnosis. This is her first mm. tournament. So there's 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 still, you know, questions of that. I mean, you know, like Pavlichenkova also is is coming off of testing positive for COVID once she landed in Melbourne and said that she was feeling I talked to her a little bit. She said she was feeling a little uh, a few symptoms and things like that. So, you know, there there is a lot of a lot of variables floating around all over the place here. But yeah, I mean, if if Sabalenka was was playing, if she was not double faulting the way that she has been double faulting, because in the rallies she's 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 fine generally, except for that sometimes obviously the frustration related to her serve then seeps into her baseline game of rushing and feeling mm -hmm. pressure and making bad decisions. But once she's in the rally, she's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and so she can find, if she's been able to fix that, if she can play, you know, her B-level tennis, this is a great draw for her, mm -hmm. you know, to make second week. That's just the question, though, is, is whether she can, you know. And, yeah, great opportunity there for, for Ann Lee in the second round. Samsonova also up, up in here. Very, very talented, can obviously do a lot of damage through there. So, yeah, it's 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 a tougher one. It's a tougher one, that little section. Hard to call. When you mentioned Pavlyuchenkova, it got me thinking of a really important possibility here for, again, if we get the, the ridiculous fairy tale ending. Uh, not even fairy tale. If this was a musical, uh, let's say this this 2022 Australian Open dream run, <laughs> after she beat uh, Anderson in the first round, it could be Sam versus Ova's the rest of the way. No. So you get Pavlyuchenkova, Kvitova, uh, Sevastova, Buzkova, or Samsonova, uh, Samsonova. Uh, take your pick in the other part, Siniakova, and then let's say, uh, who should, and Krejcikova in the final. There you go. Sure. Yeah, there you go. If you guys have no idea what Ben's referring to, feel free to Google it on YouTube. NCR Vision. Strong, strong podium finisher. Yeah. All right, so those are the women. I'm excited for that tournament. I think it's going to be. Do you think good. it's wide open? What's no. your rating? Like, do you feel like you like? How do you how do you feel? I'm like, not. I'm back? not. I will say. I will say, only because of the draw, with Osaka being so close to her, and looking good. It's why I'm mm -hmm. not making this a Barty versus the field conversation. I do think Barty okay. is is okay. a, a a significant step above the rest right now, and we'll take someone knocking her off that. That said, Barty plays loose at times. There are times when Barty gets loose yep. at slams, blows leads in matches. We saw this a bunch of the U.S. Open, um, just not closing very well. Well, arguably um, her two her two worst losses last year were at the slams, and yeah. and they, they, she you know against Muhova, 
uh, at the Australian Open, dominated that match until until Mukhova took a, a medical timeout and then just kind of never found it back. And then um, against Rogers, served for that match um, and, and couldn't close it out. So, I mean, off the top of my head, those are really her two bad losses last year outside the Olympics, um, losing to Srivas Tormo. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's when Barty does seem to... Yeah, she can wobble. She can wobble when she closes. She can wobble, she, but she also seems she wobbled, focused at the moment. She, she seems... wobbled at Wimbledon. The number of times she failed to serve out matches at the first go mm-hmm. was was quite a bit, you know. So yeah. so that is kind of the book on Ash is is that is the close. Ironically, um, you wouldn't think that with her. That's not her. That's not what we think. It's not her rep, but uh, maybe it should be more her rep. Yeah, a little bit more is kind of yeah. I think that that's probably right, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that that's the women's so draw. No, I'm excited for it because she's so. She's so she's so aggressively no nonsense in how she talks about her tennis, and I feel like we think of failure to close as being nonsense, and it just doesn't equate for us. So anyway, um, yeah, there's a little bit of that, but there's also a lot of like you know, we, as we said, Ash can be very deliberate in how she in the words she chooses and how she answers questions, and so yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean um, that what she says is true. Like you know, when people mm-hmm. ask her about pressure, when people ask her, you know, and she's like, oh, it's no big deal. It's like, yeah, uh, I mean, mm. no choices. She makes choices. <laughs> I know um, what you're trying to do here, but come on. <laughs> you know, so let's go do something different for the men's draw. Let's instead of our normal way. Of yeah, doing, like what are we supposed to do here? <laughs> let's do it from the bottom to the top. Let's start at the bottom and work our way to the top. Okay. Can we do that? I don't want to I talk about. Your I don't want to talk. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it for the first time. I'm looking at it, and I don't want to talk about that first line. I don't know what to do with that yet because the order, order play hasn't come out yet, right? I don't believe so. No, so so we don't know what if the draw is getting shuffled or not. Because okay, to, to pull back the curtain here, if the order play comes out before Novak Djokovic leaves the tournament, then Andre Rublev would move to the top line of the draw, and you get a different looking draw when when the five seed moves to the other quarter and shifts things around. Um, Granted, I think it's actually a good draw for either of them. Really good draw for either of them. But let's get to the bottom. Let's just start at the bottom. Uh, we're doing things unorthodox here. And it's a fun bottom. Um, Dino Medvedev uh, is here <laughs> as number two in this fun bottom. Uh, he is opening against Henry Loxanen and then gets a uh, a, a battle of, of, of tattooed charmers in Liam Brody and Nick Kyrgios potentially in the uh, second round. Not a good draw for Kyrgios, who's just been struggling all over, who has COVID, who's taken, again, not to mention, I don't want to talk about too much about Djokovic. I really don't. But, like, it's been wilding out on the Djokovic support and, like, talking about how we should all care about Djokovic's feelings. Like, where, who are you, <laughs> Nick? But anyway, uh, Medvedev, this is a, a good section for him. I think he's really, really good at tennis. And I think he beats nearly everybody pretty routinely these days. I... Don't think Ugo Ambert uh, is a seed likely to trouble him too much. I don't think Kyrgios is likely to trouble him too much. I I don't think Isner is uh you know tr- likely to trouble him too much. Isner starts with Cressy. Oh, he's uh, got is- Cressy in the first round. That's, that's hilarious. A, that's, yeah, that, that's a, that's like int- that's an interesting first round, um, for sure. Cressy playing really well, made the Melbourne final. Uh, Serban Valier. Isner plays a lot of Americans in first rounds of slams. There's some weird stuff. He plays Amer- Americans very, very frequently at slams. He played Naka- he lost to Nakashima, US Open. Anyway, a lot of Americans. He lost to Opelka at least once in a slam first round. Um, and then Schwartzman's in here. But yeah, I like I like Medvedev. I think Medvedev is uh, is especially with the Djokovic uncertainty. I think he becomes a, a pretty clear favorite 
uh, to win the, I would pick him right now to win this tournament with or without Djokovic because I just don't know again how I, I keep talking about this guy. I don't know how much he's like actually a competitive throughout this tournament given everything. And so, but Medvedev, um, even though it wasn't at his best, took a loss actually to um, Ugo and Bear, right? First week of the year? Just on Bear? Who did he lose to? Not a blank. You're asking the wrong lady. I know. Okay, let's, let's think about this. Who did he lose to? I think but he I lost to Ugo and Bear. I do know how to Google. Um, I will, I will, Talk about Medvedev while I look this up, please. He lost at the ATP Cup to Uber. Yeah. Uber. Okay. <laughs> I, that's what I meant to say. It didn't come out that way. Um, I know who Ugo Uber is. His mom looks like Elizabeth Perkins. That's mm-hmm. why I know him. But uh, And he plays piano. Am I correct? You're very correct. Look at me. ATP Insider. Uh, yes, he lost in the group stage to Umber six seven seven five seven six. Yeah, breaker in the third. But he did beat Deminer, he did beat Berrettini, and he did beat Felix. Yeah. So. And he was playing a lot of doubles and getting really fired up in doubles in ATP Cup, actually. Um, it's been really fun to kind of, because uh, I talked to Kasatkin and I talked to Pavlyuchenkova about a bunch of different things, but I did ask them quite a bit about, hey, Russia, you guys kind of dominated every single team related thing last year. Mm-hmm. And it's been like fun to kind of I, I love this little crew of Russians, man. Like they're 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 fun and and they're all like super happy and super excited for each other. And Dasha was just like, I never thought that I wanted to win Billie Jean King Cup ever <laughs> until it happened. And I was like, this is amazing. Um, and just, yeah, the whole vibe around Team Russia seems dope. Definitely. And Into I also it. love we'll get we'll get to him when he comes to when he comes to the uh to the to him but like i love that tennis twitter has embraced aslan karatsev as much as they have oh my god he's the best <laughs> people Let the record reflect i have loved him from the start from the i know I, like, a lot of a lot of people this. have but i just feel like he's somebody who like i don't know like pre tennis twitter would like kind of just get ignored like oh here's some guy who like doesn't emote and like wins things but like he's like beloved for these things in this way <laughs> and he's like mythologized for his calves we'll get to him but he's he's had it he won sydney tonight beating andy murray in the final andy murray as per broke uh you know had an emotional moment in the in the in the uh, trophy speech. So uh, let's move to the other part of this quarter. <sighs> Talk about someone who wants Djokovic to get out of here. Andre Rublev keeps getting drawn into these Medvedev quarters. This is a real difference for him. I mean, Medvedev is someone who's really dominated uh, Rublev. Uh, Rublev beat him, I think, that one time in in Cincinnati when Medvedev ran to the camera. I think this is his only win over him. But it's been a, a very dominant and very frequent uh, head-to-head they have here. So Rublev would very much like the relocation to the top quarter if it's offered to him. And yeah, and he gets uh, a starts against Mager, uh, then could play uh, Carbais Vaina, Barankis. Uh, good good draw, I think, for him here. The other part of this draw is more loaded. Uh, Felix is in here. Felix just uh, was with Canada on the way to winning the ATP Cup. Again, an event Does like... Does that count as a Felix title? There was debate about this. I'm going to say no, because we, we didn't count... Um, like uh, I don't know, like Federer winning Hotman Cup is his first career title, which it would have been. But we don't talk about it that way. I mean, Hotman Cup's not a sanctioned event. I know, but it's also like a team event. Like he didn't win his match in the final against Russia, or whenever they played Russia, he didn't win his match. Anyway, if he'd won all his matches, I'd be more enthusiastic about Felix. But he did not, so I'm not. Um, but okay. he's but he's playing. He's a top tenner. He's he's you know building, getting more consistent, taking care of business more. Um, 
I, I like if Rublev stays in this section, I like Rublev. If Rublev doesn't stay in this section, Monfils gets ported into this line of the draw. Um, mm. And I actually really like Monfils, who that was one of the, there are some really cool stories in the early week of the year, weeks of the year, and Monfils at 35, winning a, a title after the really long swoon he was in and slump he was in uh, when the pandemic was, was when we were coming back from the pandemic uh, break stoppage. And it's really cool to see him, him happy and winning and, just like Monfils, Kalkanakis, and Adelaide was good vibes. And uh, yeah, so uh, I think whoever whoever's on that line of the draw, I actually really like to get through this. I would love a Felix uh, Monfils match. That'd be cool too. Oh, yeah, that'd be that'd be very, very fun. Dan uh, Evans is also in this section of the draw. Mm-hmm. What was he chirping off about last night? Oh, he was mad that Karatsev took a, a toilet break. He was he go very to, mad. He go to the toilet. Yes. I make a toilet, <laughs> whatever he said. <laughs> no, he said, he said, I go to the toilet. To- yeah. That's, yeah. Or I, j- I just go break. to the toilet. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. Os- Oslan forever. <laughs> Love that guy. Sitsipas is the next one as we scroll up through this draw. It's his quarter of the draw. The four, He's the number four seed. He plays Michael Emer, very speedy fella in this section of the draw. Um, he could get a, a, a very one-hand backful, backhandful uh, match against Dimitrov in the third round. Uh, Dimitrov looked actually really good in Melbourne, lost to Cressy, but still looked good. Uh, he opens against Yuri Lehechka. Uh, Benoit Pair is in here too. Taylor Fritz. Taylor Fritz was the first player, as I tweeted, who I saw being followed around by the uh, Netflix camera crew. So it's interesting to see what their casting choices and rubrics are as it, as it becomes more clear who they're picking, who they're not picking. Uh, but they're picking Fritz. So, okay. And Bobby Batista is here. Did Sitsipas say that he's day. already been, he's already recorded his stuff? Or is that what he said in his Sitsipas, press conference? said he was like, he had known about it for a while. He's really excited to be part of it, basically, is what Sitsipas said. Oh, okay. And I then thought, okay. Zverev said, I haven't, I don't know anything about this. So, and that was the contrast of, of answers there today. Bless. Sitsipas has been shaky. He's had an elbow injury. He's not playing his best. Um, I actually really like this draw. If he can get through this, I really like this draw for Dimitrov. I have this like weird, like for some reason, Courtney, I don't know why. Tell me I'm crazy. But I got on the plane thinking, you know, it'd be cool if Grigor Dimitrov won the Australian Open. Like, let's just do it. Like, people, would sign up, uh, people would sign up for that like oh in a God. heartbeat. It'd be like, the, so fast. It'd be such a sign upable event. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, you know what? I just watched the Wimbledon movie, so improbable things happen. Uh, Dimitrov is draws not bad. if he can get past Sitsipas and Sitsipas is not at full strength after Sitsipas he would get Fritz or Bobby Batista and I think he can win either of those and yeah and then the next section is Brood or Sinner yeah I mean come on Murray's in there too Diminer's in there but this could be I mean <laughs> Grigor for the title baby I mean like why not let's just let's just do it let's, let's just let's just you know let's just put things in the universe Griggs for Raleigh G let's go yeah exactly no Aussie G OCG. There you go. Uh, Very into that. Very into that idea. I mean, it would be, I mean, again, like, let's step back. How amazing would it be? This is the thing, like tonight, right? When Kokonakis won. Yeah. That was one of those things that was just like united tennis. Like nobody is mad about that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that everybody, and it was just like, this is great. It brings the community together. You know, we're getting those sorts of results. Maddie making the final, like people were really, really into it. You know, like there are just certain figures in this sport that are just like the opposite of polarizing yeah. or they polarize into unity. Like, you know, like not like a thing, but OK, <laughs> not a thing. But like, hey, I learned uh, I was going to make a 
I was going to make a joke about one of our favorite Twitter accounts, but I won't. Um, and their use of the English language. Um, but, but yeah, so I, it would be amazing if like after all of the sturm and the drang and all of everything that you just got like feel good stories. I just want it. And I just want for men's tennis, a champion of this. This is my wish for men's tennis this year, a champion who is surprising. Someone who's not either a big four or big three, because Andy would be very surprising at this point, and Roger too, actually, at this point. And Rafa kind of too, so I know it's not. I was going to say, I was like, (laughs) we've gotten to not know that, although Novak's made it interesting for himself too at this point, so maybe there's no one. But then, like, someone who's, like, also not, like, it's been their turn for a while. You know, not one of the next three, not, like, a even Rublev you want to throw in there too. Not a groomsman. Someone who's not obvious. Someone who, again, like a Grigor, like, let's say, like, Chapo. Like someone Karatsev, in that kind of tier. Go. Karatsev. Yes, Karatsev would fit this description. Someone like Deminer. Someone like who people have heard of but has not quite been there. Hotchinoff. Whoever you want. I'm looking at the draw. There's like people who fit this category who I just think it'd be nice to spread the love around more men's tennis to get more people in draws with calling cards. That's what we were saying when when your boy Hubie won Miami. It's like nice to have Hubie like be a Miami champion. Have that be well, someone that identifies them. And you just need, I think, because the women's draw has people have calling cards and the men, no one calls them. <laughs> I think that the thing about it, and obviously, you know, um, this is effectively what has happened on the women's side, is that you need these, I don't want to, outlier result is not fair. That's not how I want to characterize some of the the slam champions, but Mm -hmm. you do need some of these surprising results in order to motivate everyone. Mm -hmm. People cannot just be ladies in waiting. They can't, you can't. It's not interesting to me as a tennis fan or sports fan to follow a sport where there seems to be a procession. Yeah. Where, you know, and and, and so, you know, somebody has the torch and everybody else just waits until that person decides to hand it off Mm -hmm. to the next, like, you know, that sort of thing. This isn't the Royals. There shouldn't be like a flow chart, right? It's sports. And so long as there is that structure, which is still effectively what you see on the men's tour at the moment, mm-hmm. um, until you get a surprise result like Ben's talking about, and a series of them, you know, like, I mean, you need two or three to really kick kickstart things, not necessarily just at the slams. I mean, it has to happen at the, it can happen at the masters as well. Then you start kicking up the, actually, we're not supposed to wait. Our time is now. Mm-hmm. And that's the mentality that you see on the women's tour. It's it's what the older players talk about when they talk about the youngsters. And, you know, like Simona is always really good about this. Yeah. And she's like, man, when I was that age, I was just happy to be in the locker room and just like thinking that I needed to take everything step by step. And these kids step on the court and they freaking believe that they have every right to beat me. And you get and right I respect it. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, I respect it. That's why she gets a Nisa Movid, right? Shviatek. Uh, you know, we get the Raducanos, Ostapenko. Like, Simona's had a front row seat to a, quite a bit of this, let's be fair. Um, oh, Mona. Mona. But, uh, and, an, and built an amazing career despite it. But, um, but yeah, you know, you, you, you don't... But that's why everybody looks to that Ostapenko win at Roland Garros as the thing that started, that was the first domino to fall that led to everybody else being like, wait, hold the, hold on. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and it's our time is now. And, and you talk to a Coco Goff. She's like, I was, I was ready to win a slam after Wimbledon 2019. 
Yeah. Like she, she, that's what she genuinely believes. So that's where I totally agree with you that like something needs to happen to stir things up and actually make somebody want to be first. Right. Right. Like, yeah. Anyway, that's my rant. Because especially as, as again, as the big four proceed, there's going to be space and there's going to be room. And I just hope, again, think that you shouldn't feel like you're in line and one person uh, in line behind, you know, that sits past. Medvedev, Zverev, Rublev, classic guys, Berrettini maybe in there too at this point. Like you can jump that line. You can have a great two weeks and jump the line. You have the talent. You can do it. One name I did not mention who's in this section with Fritz and Bobby Batista, who very much fits this description actually, and is friggin' beloved here and is a huge part of Australian Open ad campaigns and like promotion of the tournament is Francis Tiafo. He's on posters. Ooh, I love that. All over the city. Um, he is like, he's very much someone they're foregrounding here. They were showing clips of him. They were during the Kokonakis match, um, which they were showing on TV. I was really annoyed that nine, the network as a host broadcaster has like five different channels, like nine gem, nine, whatever. And they were only showing one channel of tennis and they switched it from one nine to the other. And then immediately started playing some Judy Dench sitcom from the eighties instead of showing the Sydney final anywhere. I was like, I just want to watch Krejcikova, Bedosa. And I couldn't, um, anyway, but you know they that, were like that the ATP this week's ATP event wasn't shown in the States. And there's, I don't know. I haven't followed, but there's been some odd TV stuff happening. There's been month. like, yeah, like there was like, I didn't watch any of Andy cause I, it just wasn't on tennis channel, which I thought I was, I yeah. was surprised. Anyway, Tiafo. Like he was like, they were, I think it was like between games or some little break. And they were like, here's a clip of Francis Tiafa practicing this week in Marlon Park. He opens against, that, uh, against uh, Trunkaliti. It was like, this, like Tiafa is like a thing here. It's kind of great. He's like the pink of men's something? tennis. Really big, really big in Australia. He made Did quarters he some... here. He made a good quarter uh, okay. run here a couple okay. years ago. Fair, fair, fair. Um, but like not so much that like, but just like, they just like think he's charming as heck. They just, they just really enjoy him. As they should. As they should. Like, so again, I mean, he's taste. someone who would be like. Again, if he is someone who makes a run, wins a slam this year, it's so, so good for, for the sport. Um, anyway, uh, uh, top of the bottom half is the Casper Rood quarter, your boy, uh, opens against Alex Molchan. Um, and is in the Demon R section. It's actually a good, really good draw for Demon R, who opens against Musetti. And then uh, Seppi or Camille Meitrzak, Meitrzak, who got COVID um, and had to pull out of the ATP Cup semis that Poland had made it to. Demon R uh, would like that draw, I would think. Um, and then Rude, third round, is, I think, winnable on a hardcore for Demon R. Although Rude's, like, solidifying himself into somebody who lives up to his seating very routinely and, and racks up points and, you know, kind of Krejcikova-ing on that level. Like, just wins who you're supposed to win and 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 rode that all the way to being a, a top eight guy. Um, and then then bottom part of this draw, Sinner there is probably the favorite to win this, I guess, to make the quarters here. Although Andy Murray is in here, you know, just off his Sydney final Opens against Nicholas Bozlashvili, who he loves playing. Um, who he beat in Wimbledon first round. He beat in Sydney last week. Yeah, fun little section. I Sinner Murray would be a fun match if they get to that in the third round. Because Murray's second round is good. It's either Tara Daniel or um, Thomas Barrios Vera of Chile. A few Chileans showing up in the drama. There's a little chilly wave happening here. And uh, yeah, uh, I think Sinner. But Murray obviously is sort of a protagonist of the sport now in ways that are outsized compared to his results in recent years. But good to have in the mix. Yeah, I like this section. It's a, it's a fun, pleasant little section. Sorry, I'm just looking at it now because I just lost. I was trying to follow the draw from the AO website. Mm-hmm. And I got completely lost because okay. of the way that it's laid out. So I pulled up Wiki. So now I'm looking at it. <laughs> okay. Section five. Um, <laughs> I think okay. you got like into like some fugue state in the Casper Root section. Like does not exist. There's no, Root is not anchored anywhere. I can't find it. I can't find it. <laughs> 
I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's a solid. Brand. How, how is how is Sinner playing? Um. Okay. Is he all right? He okay. At ATP Cup. I think he played okay. Okay. All right. I did not well, track ATP Cup very closely. Best of luck to these gentlemen. I have a hard time engaging with this ATP Cup. I don't know. I don't. I just don't. I don't get it. I'm just not for me. All right. On to the top half yeah. of the. On to the top half of the draw. Uh, Rafael Nadal, who I did get to see a bunch of first week of the year because he was playing in Melbourne. He skipped ATP Cup. He would have been the top Spaniard there, and Spain made the final without him. Um, but he went and played the 250 that was in Melbourne. Uh, got a very comfortable draw. In, or what order? By uh, Rusevori, a walkover. Cressy, I'm missing someone. But he like didn't play anybody top 90, and he won the title only, with only three matches. So it was a comfortable, comfortable week for Rafa. But no one's going to begrudge Rafa a, a trophy. Um at any point, and people are very happy to have him there. Uh, he opened against Marcos Giron, uh, who's had a very, you know, time has been a very solid top 100 player, Marcos Giron, very solidly in there. Then gets Kokonakis, potentially second round, tough draw for Kokonakis. That's fun. It's fun. That'll be a crowd, that's a, that's a crowd pleaser match. Um, and then gets Hachinov, um, who's played him tough a few times in the uh, third round, and then potentially uh, Hubie Hercatch or Karatsev. Karatsev and all be fun. I would like that. That's 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 a muscly boy I'd match. be V into Karatsev Nadal, that would be, that'd be intriguing. Yeah, I'd be into that. Um, yeah, no, that would be good. Now I'm officially rooting for that to happen. There we go. That's a good thing. I think yeah. I think that's uh, it'd be nice to see Kratsev after his semi here last year, which again was still one of the craziest results of all time. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's actually a good draw for him. He gets Munar, the McDonald or, or Milievich. Uh, and then her catch. I mean, her catch is obviously a good player, but I, I like Karatsev in his current form. Um, and I think he can beat Nadal. I mean, I think I think that's, you know, I mean, I don't think they play each other that I can remember. Um, obviously, Karatsev has not been on tour level very long. And I, yeah, I just think that if he's in form, it's faster conditions. Rafa is still working his way back very much. Um, yeah, could be, could be good. The next section is the Zverev section. That happens against fellow German Daniel Altmaier. Uh, Lloyd Harris is in here. Riley Opelka is in here against fellow tall gentleman uh, Kevin Anderson. Uh, Shapovalov is in here too. Um, I, I think I think Zverev gets through this. Uh, probably he can always screw it up, but I, I, I think he gets through this. Uh, the second section of the draw, the top quarter, uh, Matteo Berrettini is here. Uh, it's number seven seed. Berrettini just plays where Rublev always draws into Medvedev section. Uh, Berrettini always draws into Djokovic sections. It seems like you often it draws. Uh, Berrettini opens against Nakashima. Uh, That's a bummer first round for for Brandon. Yeah. Uh, Stefan Kozlov, who's the wild card aforementioned, um, finally into a, a slam draw here. He gets his uh, first match against Yuri Vesely. Uh, not a bad draw at all um, for, for Kozlov. Um, wouldn't bother the chances with Berrettini, but at least gets a match. Another one is Ch- Chilean, to mention this little chilly wave. Uh, Alejandro Tabillo is in here too. Tabillo is in here too. Uh, is the third lane in the draw, and we're going to get to Garen in the next section. Um, Alcaraz is in here. Alcaraz and Berrettini. Um, I, I think Alcaraz did not play any warm-up tournaments, coming in a bit undercooked. I'm not totally sure what his uh, story is. I don't know if it's, you know, what exactly it is, but a little bit undercooked for him. Uh, Berrettini was in ATP Cup. I, I like his chances. Cam Nori being a 12 seed is a reminder that Indian Wells happened. And uh, he opens against Corda, who had uh, COVID in Adelaide and was quarantining there and having some unfortunate uh, practice sessions uh, with some bad bounces uh, in his in his bedroom. Yeah, I like Berrettini to get through here. 
I, I think this is is pretty pretty clean for him, especially if Alcaraz is uh, not peaking, which we don't have reason. Yeah, to think I mean, I I, I just would really I would really love to see an Alcaraz Berrettini mm-hmm. third rounder. That'd be cool. I'd see more uh, Alcaraz. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I just I just yeah, I want to see more of that kid. Um, yeah, bummer for for Sebastian Corda. Yeah, to be to, it's tough you know, for Corda because Corda was sick at the U.S. Open too, and so he's had a couple like kind of mm. lost slams here. When he really could have been like making making moves, like is Fabio Fanini a dark horse through this section? Potentially, it's not terrible. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I guess PCB Carino, is there. Carino, yeah. Carino could could Carino. I mean could could do that. Plays but a F- Fanini Fanini Carino second round that's that's legitimately circleable as mm-hmm. as something that could be interesting there. It's, a, it's like a good high sense match or a good John Kane match. Yeah, probably. Well, I just I hate high sense. I just okay. don't like that. I, I just don't like that court ever, Fair. unless Fair. unless Kyrgios is playing there. Um, otherwise, it's just it's just it just feels like just yeah the vibes of that place. It's just bad. Um, yeah. Okay. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, a fit Corda against a Cam Nori would be would be interesting. I just don't know, if have, I don't know if they have fit quarter right now. Is my concern. Yeah, exactly. Because the um, Adelaide quarantine rules are pretty hard. So like, mm. um, so he got stuck in that. Um, oh yeah, they were they were more stringent there. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Anyhow, that's that section of the draw. Then we get to the top section of the draw where Malfi's currently is. Again, great to see Malfi's. He could have it if if the draw does not change before the order play, which I have tough to say when. The, I don't know how long they'll hold the order play tomorrow. It's gonna be interesting to see. Yeah, assuming it's not out tonight. Um, that's a real sort of issue. That would have a potential second round uh, between Bu- between Monfils and Bublik. Um, Bublik actually conveniently, if is if it changes in time, will become the thirty three seed and not move very far. He'd only move two lines up in the draw to take. Monfils I'm very line. into the idea of of Sasha Bublik as a seeded player. I think Just he's on been, the record. I want to say he's been. Has before. he been seeded before? I want to say he was seeded when he lost to Jack Sock at the U.S. Open. Well, we don't talk about that. Mm, anyway. Um, <laughs> And then I want to talk about the uh, about about Djokovic, not in the context of the tennis or what's going on necessarily, but just uh, to say that we have hopefully to the delight of listeners, Paul Sakal is on standby to come back on NCR whenever things amazing. Resolve, who was like talk about uh, a hit episode? Well, let's okay. Time out for just a split second. Yeah, I just want to take this moment to absolutely shout out. The local reporters yes. who are just absolutely crushing it in Australia throughout this whole thing, because I've thought about it at times. And maybe this is just my own kind of like anti-homerism that can happen where I'm like, would this, if this had been happening at the U.S. Open, would it be as good as this in terms of the reporting of, of what was happening because, and I, I think maybe probably not because there's just an absurd amount of leaking going on and they seem to be like, I mean, Paul's The level a of leaking reporter. would not be happening in the U.S. <laughs> no, and, and Paul's a political reporter. So obviously he has contacts and he, you know, like whatever, but Paul Sakal, Karen Sweeney, yeah. AAP, incredible work there, court reporter for AAP, just mad respect. And as everybody knows, I think, I don't normally listen to NCR. <laughs> Um, regardless of whether I'm on it or not I just I just don't um not 
out of anything other than like I've kind of just stopped listening to podcasts to be quite honest it's yeah. not really my thing anymore I just record three of them um a week <laughs> but that episode was so good and he was so he was incredible like what a star turn and so I'm so I'm excited to to hear what his his um his coda will be about uh about everything so he was it, he was so so yeah. good he's super young it's already like one of our like probably top I don't our numbers are not reliable on our our trackers we don't yeah. have ads so we don't really have to care about the numbers so much which is nice but it's got to be already like in our top five most most listened to episodes already after I've only been out for a couple weeks um or a little you know a little, about 10 days now um he was just so good and made like something that was really complicated and like just organized and like told the story really well and made things that are still complicated and messy and they've gotten different ways complicated more complicated and messier in the time since um yeah, but he's been great. Hit tweet. Seeing his and Karen's like Twitter follower counts like triple <laughs> it's, it's during this has been, has been fantastic. I love it. And I think that it's also been a really good lesson, you know, on media literacy of like, you know, there's so many of us who are following obviously a, a legitimate news story. This isn't necessarily sensationalism and people blowing something out of proportion. This is a legitimate news story um, that but ultimately it's happening in a country for most of us, that is not our own in a system, a legal system that we are unfamiliar with in a political system that we are unfamiliar with. And so that's what I really, really appreciated about the, the, the episode with Paul is just like all of the, the context that he provided to explain and, and to make sense of what was going on. And like, we, everybody can look and jump to conclusions and assume X, Y, and Z, but, but like just a lesson to all, like, you know, rely on local reporting it's important in regardless of what you're you're following like it's somebody from 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 five continents away opining on what should happen could happen it's just go go to the source go to the people who know go to the people who like it actually matters whether they're right or wrong as yes. opposed to somebody who's just like popping off like someone this is literally off. this dude's These are really real example someone popping off in europe saying there's been an arrest in melbourne when there just had not been <laughs> He's a very real so, world example. Um, so. Anyway, thank you, Courtney, for popping off in the best ways on the show. I'm sorry I couldn't provide more insight. I really have not been paying attention to ATP for through the first oh, two it's weeks. It's fine. It's fine. The, the, the bar has always been low for ATP. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's the draw show. Thank you, Courtney, for being here. We want to thank all of you for supporting the show, especially those of us, those of you on our Patreon including our Slam Champ backers who thank every episode, who are Antonio Maycumber, Shaw Mulroy, Leah Williams, Mary Carrillo, Susanna W., Ashley Keel, James Hindle, Liz Kennel, Anna Valinder, Jonathan Weinbaum, Timothy Liu, and John Simeon, and our GOAT backer, Pam Shriver, and J-O-D. Quick also shout out while we're here, a couple people I wanted to mention. Chris Everett, obviously, we have, who's not, kind of a little, thinking about it, like, I'm kind of surprised she hasn't been on the show ever, because obviously she's just cool, and yeah. hopefully this is a show for cool people. <laughs> and we love her. And we adore Chrissy. And she likes she's us enough. so, so great to be, I like, I feel like it's still someone who's not appreciated by sort of newer tennis fans. Just like yeah. how great she was, how great she still is in so many ways. It's just a presence, her revealing her, her cancer diagnosis recently, and that she's battling us. Luckily, very, very early caught. Um, ovarian cancer, but still obviously, you know, a difficult path to be, be put on. Wishing her all the best. Her, her story that she did with her 
close buddy and ESPN colleague uh, Chris McKendry uh, is on. I've tweeted it. It's on the ESPN website. You can you can find it. So wishing wishing the best to Chrissy. Um, and yeah, and hope she's hope she's doing well. All the thoughts, all the prayers, and I hope she said that she's still going to do hit ESPN hits from home. Mm-hmm. I hope Chrissy that you're doing those because you want to, <laughs> because otherwise, like it's chill. Just chill out, Chris. It's cool. It's fine. But I will be tuning in. I want your hot takes. Uh, we miss her a lot, and she's just she's just good vibes. And like the coolest thing about Chrissy is that like she's so freaking normal. Mm-hmm. Like for someone who has every right to like not, not to be. be, yes, she's like so normal, so self-deprecating. Talks to you like you're a human being. Yeah, um, she takes shit like no problem. She'll she'll you know she gives as good as she gets. It's 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 good stuff. She's 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 good people. And um, yeah, we're 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 praying for you. We're hoping for you. We're sending you good vibes your way, Chris. And the other person I wanted to mention briefly was David Law, who. It's someone uh, we don't know a bit. Obviously, we both worked with him in, in radio context and stuff. And he is obviously post. Many people probably link us together with him more than we probably are actually with him because we're both on podcast feeds. Obviously, host of the tennis podcast. And I was talking to Catherine and Matt, who are both here from Tennis Podcast today. And David's struggling with uh, long COVID stuff that's kept him off the road mm. and, and out of some of his what normal be working stuff. And just this, in this weird situation with this sort of very new condition that's tough to know how to how to treat and stuff. So also just sending sort of podcast comrade. Uh, appreciation to him and hoping that yeah Matt and Catherine who are who feel you know somewhat obviously unanchored a bit obviously without him there as their as their leader on the ground but are obviously going to do a good job I'm sure here I know they can obviously they're both pros but um send in some some podcast uh tennis podcast sphere appreciation solidarity and appreciation absolutely 100% absolutely so on that note hope we enjoy the Australian Open um no tennis matches tomorrow but one big one big battle coming and uh, when I that's done, so I will be leaping. so glad for it to be over. I will be so glad for it to be over. I will be so glad for it to be over. And on that note, the show is over. Bye, guys. Ciao, ciao. Well, mama watched and combed the girl my hair and she painted my eyes and lived. Then I stepped into a satin dancing dress I had a split from the side, clean up to my heel. It was red velvet trimming and it fit me good. You're standing back from the looking glass there stood a woman where a half-grown kid had stood. She said, here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down. She said, here's your one chance, fancy, don't let me down.